0: Welcome to Saving Grace Church, located in Indiana, Pennsylvania. Our mission at Saving Grace Church is to love God, love others, and reach the world for Christ. We hope that this message brings you closer to God and helps strengthen your walk with Christ. We good now? Testing one, two, all right. Well, Merry Christmas, everyone. Let's try that one more time. Merry Christmas, everyone. I love seeing the Santa hats, the PJs. Um, Where's the Smith family? Are right they in the back? They're all wearing PJs, mom and dad. Everybody. Oh, and the Williams as well. Nathan, you wearing PJs today? Well done. Um, because I'm preaching, I, I thought I shouldn't, but I did wear my slippers. So, so sorry, Susan. <laughs> It'll be okay. <laughs> so if this is your first time. I know we have some guests here. Welcome to Saving Grace Church. Thanks for braving the cold weather. Uh, before we Um, Getting to the sermon today, just one announcement. On New Year's Day, we're going to do the same thing. 11 a.m., feel free to wear your PJs again. um, A one-hour service again. uh, No children's ministry either. Well, today we're going to look at the book of Luke. So if you have a Bible, you can turn to Luke chapter 2. Let me pray. Jesus Thank you for what this day represents, that you came to earth and you have given hope to all who trust in you. And Lord, we pray that we would learn more about you today, that you would be magnified in our hearts and minds. And Jesus, we, we ask that if there's anyone here who doesn't yet know you, that the, maybe the, the stories that they've heard many times would become reality to them. And we, we ask this in your name. Amen. Brian, my mic's good? Am I good? Okay. All right, so let's jump into Luke chapter 2. And if you've been coming to church here for a little while, we've been in the book of Matthew. So if you remember, Matthew was a tax collector. He was basically a thief and a liar, a betrayer of his people, the Jewish people and he encounters Jesus, and he's transformed. He becomes one of the 12 disciples, and then he eventually writes the book of Matthew. Well, Luke has a totally different um, experience. Luke did not have a firsthand encounter with Jesus. He became a Christian a bit later, and he was a non-Jewish person, and he actually traveled with the Apostle Paul. So he went on like the book of Acts. He wrote the book of Acts as well as the book of Luke. And so he was... Um, in a lot of the, the accounts in the book of Acts. So you'll notice when when you're going through these incredible journeys with the Apostle Paul, um, Luke will, will transition from they to we. So he was there, he was up front and close seeing the early church grow and develop. But Luke was a doctor by trade. And he he approached the, the content of who Jesus is in a different way. Kind of think of like a an investigative reporter or journalist who was interviewing and researching and and just getting eyewitness accounts and then writing them down. So he probably had a big scroll that he's writing all this stuff down, and eventually the Holy Spirit used him to write the book of Luke and the book of Acts. So we're going to look at Luke 2, but before we do that, I want you to listen to how Luke chapter 1 begins. This is Luke, the investigative reporter. He's writing to um, a wealthy man named Theophilus. He says, Inasmuch as many have undertaken to complete a narrative of the things that have been accomplished among us, just as those from the beginning were eyewitness and ministers of the word have delivered them to us, it seemed good to me also, having followed all things closely for some time, to write an orderly account for you. Most excellent Theophilus. Now listen to this. And this this is the purpose of the book of Luke. This is the purpose of what we're going to look at in Luke chapter 2. That you may have certainty concerning the things that you have been taught. That you may have certainty. So he interviewed and asked many, many people about their experience and their encounter with Jesus. And then he wrote it all down. And he wrote it all down for one very specific reason. That you may have certainty. So now we're going to go to Luke 2, and we're going to go to out into the field where the shepherds are. And, and we don't know this for a fact, but I don't think it's a stretch to imagine that, that Luke may have interviewed the actual shepherds that were there, or somebody who knew the shepherds. So he, as he's doing his research, he may have been able to talk to these guys firsthand and say, what happened that night? Because what we're going to see in Luke 2 is what happened um, they would have remembered for the rest of their life. So these are shepherds. These are farmers. Think of like farmers on the move. So they're just moving around in fields with with their sheep. It was a lowly occupation. They weren't thought of very highly. It was dirty. It was probably stinky at times. It was a demeaning job. And yet, they're the group of people that the angels appear to in Luke chapter 2. So if you have a Bible, look at Luke 2. I'm going to read... Verses 8 through 21. And in the same region, there were shepherds out in the field keeping watch over their flock by night. So they probably have done this night after night, year after year, just making sure nothing comes to attack or steal their their flock that they're watching over. And here's the memorable part. And an angel of the Lord appeared to them, and the glory of the Lord shone around them. And they were filled with great fear. So imagine an angel just appears to you out of nowhere. The natural response is going to be fear. But this was a a kind angel. Listen to what the angel says. And the angel said to them, fear not, for behold, I bring you good news of great joy that will be for all the people. For unto this day, in the city of David, a Savior who is Christ the Lord. And this will be a sign for you. You will find a baby wrapped in swollen cloth and lying in a manger. And suddenly there was with the angel a multitude of the heavenly hosts praising God and saying, Glory to God in the highest, and on earth peace among those with whom He is well Pleased. When the angels went away from them into heaven, the shepherds said to one another, Let us go to Bethlehem and see this that has happened, which the Lord has made known to us. And they went with haste and found Mary and Joseph and the baby lying in a manger. And when they saw it, they made known the saying that had been told them concerning the child. And all who heard it wondered, and the shepherds told them, But Mary treasured all these things, pondering them in her heart. And the shepherds returned, glorifying and praising God for all that they had heard and seen, as it had been told to them. And then at the end of the eight days, when he was circumcised, he was called Jesus, the name given by the angel, before he was conceived in the womb. So we're going to look at kind of two simple ideas here. The angel's announcement. And the shepherds respond. So the angels announce something and the shepherds respond. So let's think about the angels' announcement. The announcement that the angels had was, a, was something of good news of great joy. It's actually their announcement was the best news that has ever been said in all the world. And that is the news centering around Jesus. And when you understand that news... And when you put your trust in Jesus, who is the center of that news, there can be great joy in your salvation. So the angel announced good news of great joy. The good news of great joy is for all people. Every person that God has made, He has come to save if they turn from their sins and trust in Him. All people, no matter who you are, no matter what you have done, no matter where you are from. It's good news for all people, all kinds of people, from everywhere on the globe. And here's the incredible thing about this good news. So we know that not only is this good news for all people, but we learn in the book of Revelation that this this good news actually will accomplish salvation for people from Every nation, tongue, and tribe. Listen to this verse from Revelation 7, verses 9 and 10. This is why the angels were so excited because this news is going to change and transform people from every tribe, tongue, and nation. Listen to this. And after this, I looked. And behold, a great multitude that no one could number from every nation... From all tribes and peoples and languages, standing before the throne and before the Lamb, clothed in white robes with palm branches in their hands, and crying out with a loud voice, Salvation belongs to our God who sits on the throne and to the Lamb. Every ethnicity, every tribe, young and old, crying out, Salvation belongs to, To the Lamb. Well, the Lamb is Jesus. He's the baby in the manger that the the angels are announcing. So this is good news of great joy that a baby is going to be born in Bethlehem. And this baby is the Savior of the world. For all who trust in Him, He is their rescuer. And not only that, He is Christ the Lord. He is Christ the Lord. Listen to this quote by William Hendrickson talking about this account. It says, What greater joy could there be than the realization and wholehearted acceptance in the fact that God himself, through the sacrifice of his own and only son, not his own son and his only son, had brought about the solution of the world's greatest problem." That of sin. And was not the Son's incarnation the first step in that solution? See, my greatest problem, your greatest problem, is the sinful nature that we are born with. And it separates us from a holy God. And Jesus is the one who can bridge that separation because He was perfect. He was fully God. He was fully man. And when He died on the cross, He paid the punishment for our sins. So salvation belongs to him alone. So that's the angel's announcement. The King of Kings has arrived on the scene, and he's bringing salvation and freedom to all who trust in him. So the question is what did the how did the shepherds respond? But before we do that, I need the help of all the kids in the room. So Any kind of, I need to to hear like sheep sounds and any kind of baying and any kind of pig sounds, any animal sounds that you can make as loud as you can. You ready? Start making animal sounds now. A little louder. Okay, keep going, keep going, It's good. Dots can participate too. Okay, so that's what was happening when the angels showed up. So that was their, that's what was happening. Now, now imagine what a sheep sounds like when they're snoring. Make that sound. Go ahead, anybody? We, I don't know. So those of you who have animals, I'm not sure. But it might have been noisy, and then an angel shows up, and then all the angels show up. And they speak and and give this great announcement. Now, the shepherds, they might have been tired. They might have been hungry. They might have been grumpy. They might have been just cold and uncomfortable. And then all of a sudden, they're alert and they're awake. Now, the question is, what do they do with this, this announcement? Look at verses 15 through 21. I've never done that in church before. That's fun, huh? Okay, look at verse 15. When the angels went away from them into heaven, so they're gone, the shepherds said to one another, let us go over to Bethlehem and see this thing that has happened, which the Lord has made known to us. And they went with haste, and they found Mary and Joseph and the baby lying in a manger. And when they saw it, they made known the saying that had been told to them concerning this child. So they were telling others along the way, I think. And all who heard it wondered at what the shepherds told them. But Mary, Jesus' mom, treasured up these things, pondering them in her heart, and the shepherds returned, glorifying and praising God for all that they have seen, as it had been told to them. And at the end of the eight days, when he was circumcised, he was called Jesus. Jesus the name given by the angel before he was conceived in the womb. So how do they respond? The shepherds respond with faith and action. They believed the message and then they went to see the baby Jesus. So they believed it and they, 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 they had action. They moved towards Jesus. So it'd be like, imagine, maybe you've gone to the doctor before and whatever's wrong with you, the doctor says you need to uh, take this, this prescription, this antibiotic, take it for 10 days or 30 days, um, twice a day with food. So you get the instructions. So a good patient believes the instructions, and then a good patient actually does the instructions. Or if you've been to physical therapy, maybe you've thrown out your shoulder, and you go to a physical therapist, and they've tortured you in their room where they're moving your arm up and down, and then they say, here's the instructions you need to do the next three months at home. So you believe the instructions, and then you actually do the instructions. You do your exercise. If you don't do it, then the the content of the instructions really have no use to you, because it's not going to help you. So the shepherds didn't do that. They actually responded, and they responded with faith and action. The shepherds also responded with joyful excitement and sharing. They were They were ready to tell about what had happened. They were ready to tell of the announcement of the angels because it was so real to them. And so as people were along the way, they they probably didn't care who it was. Guess what just happened to us? We were trying to sleep in a field and all of a sudden an angel appeared and then thousands upon thousands of angels appeared and they said there's a Savior named Jesus who's going to be born and we're going to go see him right now. Why don't you come with us? See, they encountered the truth about Jesus and then they invited other people into that encounter. And we should do the same. It says in verse 16 through 18, And they went with haste. So immediately they went and found Mary and Joseph and the baby lying in a manger. And when they saw it, they made known the saying that had been told to them concerning the child. And all who heard it wondered at what the shepherd told them, but Mary treasured these things, pondering them in their heart. See, one thing as we end 2022, as we head to 2023, if you have encountered Jesus through a personal relationship, through faith and repentance, by going to him, it should be a natural response as we're just going out in life to tell people, hey, guess what happened to me? I was enslaved to all these things, and Jesus showed up, and he set me free. And he can set you free too. And all the wrongs that I've ever done, he paid for in full. And all the guilt and the shame that I felt because of all the wrongs that I've ever done, he took upon himself and took away from me. See, that is good news. And the more we understand that good news, the more we want to share that good news. Not only did they tell about the good news, but they responded with praise and worship. They were excited about it. Listen to verse 20 and 21. And the shepherds returned, glorifying and praising God for all that they had heard and seen as it had been told to them. That was their response. They, They returned, praising and glorifying God. Now we don't know, but we can imagine that there were other shepherds in other fields in that region. They weren't the only ones, but for some reason, God in His mercy and grace and kindness showed up to them. And I don't think that was missed on them. That God, maker of heaven and earth, appeared to them on a dark, starry night and showed His grace and told them about the Savior Jesus, And their response was praise and worship. Don't need that one anymore. So the last question we want to consider is, how should we respond? So this not only is an old story, but it's a true story. It's a real thing, a real account that happened. So the one way we should respond, if you have never called out to Jesus, to Jesus, I'm a sinner I need a Savior. Would you save me? Would you rescue me? Would you forgive me? Would you change me? Would you cleanse me? He'll respond to that prayer immediately, instantly. In the 1800s, there was this man, he was actually a teenager at the time named Charles, and Charles um, felt very guilty about his sins, and he was um, trying to get, get free from his sins and he didn't know what to do. And it was a, a winter morning. I think it was a Sunday morning. He was going to look for a church. And he was planning to go to a certain church. But the weather was like it was today here. And so he ended up going to a church much closer to where he went. And he said that when he walked in, there was a, a guy who was actually not a, a, a pastor. He was just a regular church member because the pastor didn't make it because of the weather. And the guy, all he remembers is the guy saying in kind of not a clever way, is look to Jesus. Just look to Jesus. You don't have to do anything, but look to Jesus. Put your faith and your hope and your trust in Jesus. And Charles, the teenager, was born again. He was made spiritually alive at that moment. And he became, as you might know him, as Charles Spurgeon, the, the probably the most prolific preacher and sermon writer of the second half of the 1800s and um, it all happened on a cold wintery night or wintery day in a little Methodist church with just a few people in it and he, he was transformed so if that's you God certainly wants to rescue and save you and for the rest of us here's I want to give you a resolution for 2023 okay Here's the resolution. If you already have a personal relationship with Jesus, it's a very simple resolution. I want you to ask Jesus, ask the Holy Spirit, ask God the Father to amaze you with the love and grace that you have already received when you trusted in Jesus. In other words, become more and more aware of how much He actually, truly, deeply loves you right now, today and for the days to come listen to this verse or these verses in romans this is um one of my favorite passages in the bible and if you lack assurance of god's love if you lack certainty you know you're christian but you don't know if he really loves you and delights in you listen to this he loves you so much for while we were still weak at the right time Christ died for the ungodly. At your absolute worst, Jesus the King died for you. For one will scarcely die for a righteous person, though perhaps for a good person one would dare even to die. But God showed His love for us while we were still sinners. Christ died for us. Christ died for you. The Apostle Paul in Galatians said... um, Christ who who loved me and gave himself for me. See, he had this personal awareness of God's love for him. And he did some really bad things. And yet he was so secure because he knew Jesus, this baby, became Jesus, his Lord and Savior and King. And so your resolution is to pray and ask the Lord to amaze you with how much he loves you and then respond in joy and delight and tell others about Him. Let's all stand and pray, and we're going to sing another song. Father, thank You for devising this plan to send Jesus into this world. Jesus, thank You for coming into this world and bringing light and life. Thank You that You bring salvation to all who turn from their sins and receive You by faith. And Holy Spirit, thank You that You make these things real to us. Lord, for those who know You, would You magnify Your love and grace towards them? And those who don't know You, give them hope this morning that life can be different. They can spend the eternity with You as they turn to You in faith. Lord, we will give you all the praise and we ask this in the name.